Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Bell? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 328, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. We got a lot to get into. Cowboys, Eagles, th- this is going to be a good one. I mean, these, these are two really good teams when you start looking at it, man. They really are, and, and we're going to break that down for you. Clarence Hill Jr. from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram will be on this episode of the podcast, get his thoughts on this game and where the Cowboys sit, and uh, a couple other things that we'll get into as well. But before we begin our conversation, got to tell you about Greening Law, Robert Greening and the Green team over there. And I'm going through towards, I think, towards the end of the process with my stuff. And it's, I kind of talked about this the other day, but the reason why you need somebody like this is, you know, I, I don't know how you are supposed to have certain things like when you're dealing with a hospital or an emergency room trip or an insurance company or somebody who hit you, all those types of things that come from accidents like car accidents that aren't your fault or being injured on the premises of a business and things like that. Having somebody that's an expert and having somebody that can answer all your questions and is looking out for your best interests. I mean, it, it, it is... It, it, the process has been extremely easy. The consultation was free, and it has been one of those things that I cannot recommend highly enough because Robert will talk you through it, and his team guides you the whole way. Um, you know, man, we always tell you that uh, we believe that, that you should call Greeting Law in case you've ever been in an accident like this or at a business or, you know, construction site, any of that kind of stuff, because it's always good to have somebody walk you through the process. Um, but did you hear what Matt said? Like, Robert's calling him. Now, he ain't just doing it because Matt's, you know, super time, big time radio guy uh, with a podcast. No, he's doing it because that's how he treats his customers, man. And so I think that you can take a lot from listening to that and listening about Matt's journey because what Greening Law does is walk you through this kind of long, complicated, tedious process, get you to the end. And the fact that they don't get paid unless you get paid means they're invested in you and in your case. And you never have to worry about whether they're grinding for you. That's right, man. So give them a call. Consultation's free. It's 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. All right, so let's jump into this Cowboys conversation. The Cowboys, the Eagles, the 325 kick on Saturday afternoon. It is Christmas Eve, a Christmas Eve game for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people will be watching this with their families. This is going to be a tough one. Now, unfortunately, and this is unfortunate for a couple of reasons. One, Jalen Hurts is out, and because Jalen Hurts is out, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles every once so, it doesn't count. Hurts didn't play. Oh, yeah, of course they can beat the Eagles, but really if Hurts would You'll hear that all week. It'll be the story of all the Cowboys fans who are against this team for whatever reason. The other reason it sucks is because I'm in my fantasy football playoff semifinals and Hurts is my quarterback. Oh, my. So I've got Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers has yet to crack 20 points in a game this season for me. So kick ass. And I already texted Brandon and congratulated him on beating me this week. So good for him. Really? Hey, man, let me tell you the Maybe truth. Can we play the game first? Well, let, let's, let's say the truth. It's, it's, it's you just trying to jinx it. Oh, okay. You want him to be like, hey, no, you have a chance. Like, no, man, I can't do it without Hurts. You got this. And once he is like, yeah, I probably do. Thanks. Then I'm like, all right. (laughs) 
the jinx is out <laughs> yeah. in the universe. You know, you got to kind of kind of goad him into this thing a little bit. I don't know if he's going to bite or not because he didn't respond, but we'll see. But yeah, it, it is a bummer that Hurts is out. I mean, honestly, because this this is a big time game. This is one of those. I mean, you're talking about two teams, both with double digit wins, two teams that have already clinched playoff spots. If the Eagles win, not only do they clinch the NFC East, they clinch a first round bye and they clinch the number one seed. If the Cowboys win, yes, the hope is very, very thin, but it does keep their hope alive that they could run the table and maybe you get some help on the Eagles. But it, it, it sends a message, and I think you, this is one when you're at home. Obviously, you want to win. I don't feel like it's a, a must win just because you've already clinched a playoff spot. You don't want to drop. I mean, you, you'd like to play the winner of the NFC South. You, you'd like to secure that top wild card seat, I think. But this is an interesting game because these are two really, really good teams, even aside from Jalen Hurts being out. These are two really damn good teams. Yeah, I think um, now I think it's a uh, a situation where the Cowboys need to win. Uh, from from a mental standpoint, this is not the time of the year where you need to be dropping a couple games in a row. Even though uh, it looks like uh, Ryan Tannehill is out for the year in Tennessee, so you're not going to have to deal with him. You can face a backup quarterback. But to me, it's a chance to um, to win a game to beat the Eagles. Uh, and it doesn't matter to me whether Minshew is quarterback, which it looks like it will be, or whether Hurts was playing, but it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. You beat them, and you say, hey, we'll see you down the road, and it doesn't matter us whether you have Jalen or not. Uh, if they win this game, I would expect them to beat Tennessee without Ryan Tannehill and to beat Washington in the in the final game because, uh, you know, unless they're sitting everybody because they got everything locked up. But, you know, I don't see anything wrong with what would that put their record at? 13 and 4? Coming off a 12 and 4 season, I don't see anything wrong with winning 25 games in two years in the National Football League and going into the playoffs in a situation where you've won 9 of 11 and the two games you lost, you blew a 14 point lead and a 17 point lead. To me, that says we're a damn good football team. Bring, Bring it on. Yeah. I would agree. And you look at this because I think everybody's aware of the Eagles offensively. Much like the Cowboys, these are two of the best offenses in the game. Jalen Hurts, a huge part of that, a huge part of why they are such a good rushing attack because of the numbers that he puts up. You look at Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown on the outside. They're getting Dallas Goddard back at, at tight end. They've got a really solid offensive line. Miles Sanders, as he showed last week, is more than capable of running for 100 yards on you. But it's interesting because you look at this. These are two of the top five offenses on the, in the NFL in third down. They are the top two, one and two, red zone offenses. You look at this just total, but the flip side of it is, and I don't know that we talk a lot about the Eagles' defense, and, and why would we? Because it's we are Cowboys-centric. But I don't know that you hear, at least I don't, it doesn't seem like you hear a lot about the Eagles' defense from a national standpoint. But you look at this defense, man, they lead the NFL in sacks. Dallas and Philadelphia, they're one and two. Philadelphia's one, Dallas is two. They have 55 sacks. Hassan Reddick and J- Javon Hargraves, 12 and 10 sacks. Josh Sweat has nine and a half. Brandon Graham has eight. Only two teams in the NFL, Philadelphia and, I, I, man, who's the other one? I think it's New England, actually, are, have two players with double-digit sack guys. And Philly's a half sack away from having three of them. And then you get to wow. the secondary. You got James Bradbury and Darius Slay at corner, two of the best corners in the league. They've got 14 and 13 passes deflected. That's second and third in the NFL. They have three interceptions each. And then, oh, by the way, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has eight passes defensed and six interceptions to lead the league in picks. This is a really good Philadelphia defense. You know, the thing I like about Philadelphia, and I hate to put it like that, but it just is what it is, dog is this is one of those teams, much like the Rams did last year without selling their soul, is they just decided, hey, we got a good team. Uh, let's go for it this year. And But they did it more in free agency. And then when a guy like Bradbury became available, they're like, oh, yeah, let's, let's add him too. And they've got Sue as a backup, I think. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they just wouldn't add anybody who could help them along the way. They're like, let's just add them. Let's just add them in yeah. their depth if they don't start. If they do start, that's fantastic. That means some other guy got pushed down. Now he's depth. And frankly, they've, they've kind of played like the team or the roster that they assembled. I mean, now, nobody thought Jalen Hurts was going to do this. But to me, 
it's a, it's a perfect situation. You gave him enough weapons where he is a difference maker now because he can disseminate the ball. And then his running skills allow him, you know, uh, and it's not all broken plays. A lot of it's by design. Yeah. It's just everything's good about what they're doing. And as we like to say around here, you ain't fluking yourself to whatever their record is, 12-1, and 13-1. That yeah. ain't a fluke. It's who they are. No, it's not a fluke at all. And, and to your point, like I loved, we, you and I both talked about this, the Eagles offseason, the Eagles draft, the moves that they made to bring in some of these guys and to continually do things like that to try and improve their team, put weapons around Jalen Hurts. When they go out and they made that trade for A.J. Brown, obviously, and, and he has been, as you would expect, <laughs> I mean, you would expect A.J. Brown to be exactly what A.J. Brown has been. And you, you just look at some of the moves that they made, whether it was in the draft or whether it was through free agency and things of that nature, man. And I re- I just remember thinking in the draft, they get Jordan Davis, they get N'Kobe Dean, they get Cam Jurgens in the second round, and just loving what they did with their draft class. And then, of course, they go out in free agency and they're like, hey, you know what? Let's throw some money. Let's get Ndamukong Su to come in here. What if he only plays 10 sacks? That guy's still got a little something. Let's go sign James Bradbury, who the Giants cut and who is a really solid corner and and he has fit in with them in that secondary perfectly and I mean I look at this and, and it I don't know when you look at what the Cowboys have at corner right now and you go man and you could have I mean anybody could have had James Bradbury Cowboys could have gone after him like oh we don't need James Bradbury now to be right, fair right. at that at that time Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown were not out for the year like we didn't know this was going to be such a, a drastic problem but man you just look at this Eagles roster, and this is a loaded Eagles roster that has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball at various levels, at various positions. And then the crazy thing is, like, when you move forward with this and you look at it because some of the moves that they made, I don't think people realize this. They own New Orleans' first-round pick in the upcoming draft. Right now, oh that would be right now that would be the ninth overall pick. So they're going to add a top-ten talent. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got two. Obviously, they have their own, which is uh, right now they would be 32nd. But man, that, that Saints pick that they own. You know what that allows man. you to do is, especially if you're a team like Philadelphia, is, yeah. you don't have to say at nine. You can package your nine, your 32, you know, and go up to six, five, and really go get something that you want. Yeah. Somebody that's out there to improve it wherever it is that you think they they need to improve. And, you know, this is a really, really good team. It is. And I hate saying that about Philadelphia, but the reality of it is their front office has done a phenomenal job of building this roster. Like you said, Jacques, nobody – I remember when they, they drafted Jalen Hurts, and I was ripping them doing the draft show with Nate Newton, and, and we're sitting there going, you don't draft a guy that high in the draft for to be Taysom Hill, to play those limited amount of snaps. Right. And in the first year, the first year they had Jalen Hurts, that's exactly what he was. And we're all going, well, this is stupid. Like, you you yes. essentially have wasted a draft pick. And yep. I don't even think they knew what they had in Jalen Hurts. But, man, you talk about a dude who has, I don't want to say willed himself. He obviously has talent. But the the improvement that he has had in his passing from last year to this year and his dangerous ability with his feet when he's healthy. I mean, let's be honest. Right now, if, if I had to give the MVP to somebody on the league, right now I'd give it to Jalen Hurts. Um, I'd probably still give it to Mahomes, but I wouldn't have any problem if he did give it to, uh, to Jalen Hurts. I, I think what you have in Jalen Hurts, man, is what, what people always have to remember. It's okay to work, dog. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's yeah. okay – I mean, Tony Romo did it. Tony Romo, the, the reason why Tony Romo moved from four string to starter so fast is he spent one offseason completely overhauling his throwing motion, working with former uh, quarterbacks coach David Lee. And they're like, and people in the building were like, there's no way he can overhaul his motion in one offseason when he's been throwing like this since he was in high school. But he willed himself to do it. He had all these different drills. And by the time the season started, he had overhauled his passing motion. And that's, you know, set in motion his NFL career. But it's all about work, man. It doesn't matter if you're a journalist, a broadcaster, a football player. If you put in work to get better, and that's your single-minded focus to get better, and by all accounts, that's how he's wired, then at one level, we shouldn't be surprised that he's better. Plus, you got to admit, man, or you got to remember he had the greatest motivator ever. Losing that job to Tua and having to watch the national championship game. 
And I'm sure there's a piece of him that was like, you know what? Okay, fine. This shit is never happening to me again. Yeah, I, I would imagine that came into play. And I mean, again, you look at this like just as a rookie. And, and again, keep in mind, he didn't play a lot. He only threw it 148 times. But as a rookie, 52% completion, four interceptions in the four starts that he had. Second year, he gets it up to 61% completion, 16 and nine last year, TD to INT. This year, 67% completion, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. And, and you just look at the improvement that he's made. I mean, he's a 104.6 quarterback rating this year. And again, he's not playing Saturday, which is a bummer because Gardner Minshew is going to come in. And, and because Gardner Minshew was a flash in a pan with Jacksonville, everybody is like all stoked about this dude as a Ooh, watch out for Gardner Minshew and the Minshew magic. I don't know. I, there's a drop off. <laughs> like we always say, like you always like to say, man. There's a reason why Jalen Hurts was able to easily have the starting job and Minshew isn't the starter, but everybody wants to go back to when Gardner Minshew went and started for a couple of years in Jacksonville. That first year as a rookie, he came out of nowhere as a six-round pick and was solid. You know, he was okay. And ever since then, I mean, we're still talking about a guy that is a 63% career completion guy, but 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Reality of it is we have no idea what to make of Gardner Minshew right now. We, we have no idea because you, you really haven't seen him in, in the last two seasons. Um, I mean, he's yeah. I mean, he had a nice run as a starter for a guy who was unheralded coming out of college. Uh, he's certainly a capable starter, but there's a reason why he was, he was starting in Jacksonville and they're like, we could do better, bro, and just kind of run yeah, ceremoniously yeah. dumped him. Uh, and so, I mean, here's what he is. Uh, if you let him get comfortable like any NFL quarterback, he can hurt you. But, you know, I would expect him to play to his pedigree, which means um, if you put pressure on him like they're capable of doing, he'll throw you a couple and uh, you'll have a, uh, an opportunity to win. And if you fool around with him, you know, it would be just like people who fooled around with Cooper Rush. <laughs> you get beat and be some sad singing and some slow walking off the field. Yeah, there will be. And, and this to me, this has to be a game. If you can get some pressure on Gardner Minshew, and again, that's a yes. big if, because the Cowboys have one sack in their last two games. They had some pressure on Trevor Lawrence last week, but they didn't get there in time. And especially with this shaky secondary, and, and maybe they're going to put Deron Bland out there at the outside corner, and it's Diggs and Bland, and you bring in McKenzie Alexander, whoever it's going to be in the slot, they're, they're going to test whoever that is. If they, if they put Alexander outside, they're going to test him right away. If they put him in the slot, they're going to test him. you got to think right away and see, okay, you were on the practice squad last week and walked in essentially off the street. What do you got? Yeah, there's nowhere to hide, bro. Um, I mean, it's just not. And uh, it's nobody's fault. Everybody's hurt. It's the NFL. Uh, fighting through attrition is part of the deal. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys, you know, I, I give them credit for creating options for themselves. I mean, you're basically down, you know, to your fourth or fifth corner now. But at least they got quality bodies in the building in terms of guys with pedigree. That's all you can really do. This guy was once a high draft pick. He's still a young guy. Maybe he's got something left. Because, again, bro, I'm telling y'all, it's a difference between average and below average cornerbacks. You see that with Boston yeah. Fat getting beat every time you look up because he's below average. You can live with somebody who's average. Yeah, you, you can live with somebody that, that it's average, but you can't suck. And that's where this gets interesting to me because the Cowboys pass rush has to show up. You know, a couple things. You got to defend the run better. You can't let Miles Sanders run all over, but you got to get some pressure and make Minshew uncomfortable because Minshew is not Jalen Hurts. You know, right. like I, I'm not afraid like Jalen Hurts playing hell. He may rush for 100 by himself. I'm not afraid of that with, with Gardner Minshew. You're at home. You this is still a good Cowboys team. And, and again, we talked about this our last podcast. You got four teams in the NFL that have more wins than Dallas. They're 10 and four with three games left in the season. And people are acting like this is a four and 10 team that gets their ass kicked every week. <laughs> this is a really good Dallas Cowboys team. And we'll get into this in a minute. You know, they've got seven pro bowlers. Only the Eagles have more with eight. This is a good team. They've got talent. If, if Hertz was playing, I think I might pick Philadelphia, honestly. But he's not playing. 
and I'm going to go Dallas to upset, I guess, if we want to call it that. I mean, it's not even an upset. Vegas has Dallas favored. I think it's five and a half or six and a half. I can't remember. I think this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to take the – again, two good defenses, two good offenses. Stop throwing interceptions, Dak, because you can't give this team the extra possession. You just can't do it with this <laughs> Eagles team. At some point, he's going to not have this inter- – like, you're not going to throw an interception in every game, surely. The, the spotlight is on. It feels like he relishes those types of opportunities. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win and, and give me – Man, this is where it gets tough because I think both teams will crack a little bit, but they'll both make some plays defensively. You know what? Give me the Cowboys to win this thing 27-24. Uh, not bad. I have the Cowboys uh, winning. I just think in a situation like this, you'll get their best effort. They're the more desperate team. Uh, Philadelphia knows what they're doing. Uh, they're playing at home. And so, uh, you know, I always go with the desperate home team. And so I've got uh, Dallas winning a close one, 24-20. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. And I'll tell you this afterwards, regardless of what happens, I do. If the Cowboys win, I don't want any single, I will block you. And I know I never block people on Twitter. If you tweet at me and go, well, Jalen Hurts didn't play. It would have been different. I will block you <laughs> because you and I will never be able to have a conversation together because this is the NFL. And fact is he's not playing and you beat the team that's out there. And that's just the reality of what you have to accept. So if the Cowboys win this game, I'm not. there's no excuses. Is there going to be an excuse if Philadelphia wins? And go, yeah, well, I mean, reality of it is they didn't have Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis out there, and Leighton Van Der Esch didn't play. Nobody would say that. True, true, true. I mean, it's it not the is. same. I get it, but still. No, it, it just is what it is, man. We, we understand what the scenario is, and, you know, they, they should beat them without, uh, without your boy there. Uh, but – you know, man, it's about stacking wins. It, it, you know, just like they should beat Tennessee without Ryan Tannehill next week. Yeah, I don't they care should. Who, I don't care that Derrick Henry's playing. They don't have Ryan Tannehill. They got Malik Willis. You know, uh, Malik Willis, you're supposed to win that game. That's just the nature of the beast. That's why it's a game where it's all about attrition, man. Can you win without your guys because your guys are going to get hurt? Q, you know, i.e. the Cowboys cornerback situation. Guys are hurt. Leighton Vanderish. Guys are hurt. You have to win despite that. And this ain't about next man up. You just have to figure out a way to win. Yeah, get it done at this point in the season. And that's what's so funny about this is like when you get into the playoffs, how many Cowboys fans are going to bitch and groan if they only win a playoff game by three points? Well, they should have won by 17. (laughs) You're at a point in the season, it doesn't matter. Just win the damn game. Yeah. Win the game. Like, if you go to the Super Bowl, I know we beat the Chiefs, but, you know, they needed that last-second field goal. They should. If they were good, they would have won by 10 or 15 or 20. <laughs> dumb. I'll tell you what's not dumb, though, and, and obviously it's too late to get this in time for Christmas, but maybe for your New Year's party, maybe you're starting a new healthy trend. A lot of people do this around New Year's where you're like, you know what, I'm going to start eating better. That's my goal. I need healthy snacks. Well, Bruce Biltong is going to land on that list of healthy snacks. I can tell you that straight up. Biltong is a traditional South African air-dried meat, but it is better. It's similar to beef jerky, but it is better. If you like beef jerky, you're going to really enjoy Biltong. And the one thing about it, and this is why I say to land on that list of healthy snacks, it's zero sugar, no artificial ingredients, and you get the little snack bags. They're two ounces. They're 240 calories and 30 grams of protein. Don't really get much better than that, bro. Uh, you know, I like it. The slab is great where you can slice it as yeah. thick or as thin as you want it. The slice build tongue is fantastic. That's how that's how me and Matt pretty much started on. It's savory. It's kind of succulent. It doesn't get caught in your teeth. I mean, it's, it's really everything great about beef jerky with none of the hassle. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, get some. Try it. Seriously. Thank us later. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. I mean, you really will. It's very good. I love it. It's a phenomenal snack. It's Brews Biltong. We continue to be the only podcast he has ever worked with because you guys support him and he continues to support us, which is a big part of what we do. So keep it going, guys. BrewsBiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. Use the promo code every time you order. Every time it works. 15% off. JAM15 is our promo code. J-A-M-15 at checkout. Also, of course, brought to you by Freeway Tire Shop. If you're in the DFW area, you got to get over there. 
I don't care where you're at. You want the mechanic you can trust, you, whether it's the state inspection or an oil change, mechanic work. The it, We all need new tires. You got to get them rotated. All these different things that come with taking care of your car, JR and his guys, they're going to do this. They're going to do it right. They're going to stand behind their work, and they're going to offer you the best customer service that you've ever experienced in the realm of mechanics. Dude, uh, the reason I rock with JR is you can trust him, man. Just like you want to trust your doctor when you go see him, you can trust uh, JR and his staff to be the doctor for your car. That's what a mechanic is, really. But uh, you can trust him to diagnose what's wrong with it. Then you can trust him to use quality parts to fix what's wrong because, trust me, (laughs) not everybody does that. And then what I appreciate the most, you can trust him to charge you a fair price. And you can trust him to stand behind his work. If you can find another mechanic and do all those four things, then go ride with that dude or do that. If not, go five minutes up the road from uh, downtown up 35 north toward Denton. Get off of Commonwealth right there. Stay in the service lane. It's on the right through the light. You can't miss it. Tell JR your boy some jam sessions sent you. And you, I'm telling you, can thank us later because you'll be pleased with what he does. So a couple of things to get in here before we get to chilling a bit. And, and is that kind of a trip around the block? Kind of not, because I want to throw out this for the Dallas Cowboys, because I mentioned it earlier, seven Pro Bowlers this year, and I actually thought this was really cool. Zach Martin is going to his eighth Pro Bowl. We know that dude's going to be a Hall of Fame guard one day. He has more Pro Bowls in his career than he has holding penalties, which is, I mean, that's just, for an offensive lineman that plays every snap and has played virtually every game in his career, that's absurd. You've been voted to more Pro Bowls in your career. I mean, if he, at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony, don't you just lead with that? More Pro Bowl <laughs> selections than holding calls over the course of his career. I mean, pretty much. I mean, we all know year in and year out, Zach Martin is one of the top two guards in the NFL. Demarcus Lawrence got voted into the Pro Bowl this year. That's his third all-time selection, and I thought that's pretty cool coming out after the offseason and some of the years that he has had the last couple of years, that whole thing, renegotiating his contract and doing all that. And yeah, maybe the sack numbers aren't where you would want him to be, but it, he, he does so much more than just the sack numbers that it's, it's kind of hard to appreciate because they're not tangible stats a lot of the times. No, nah, man, I think, um, you know, you, you can look at the run game that the Cowboys have and say somebody up there is, is, is contributing to that and making those running lanes possible. Or you look at just what he's done over his career and go, there's no drop-off here that, that anybody can really see, and you just ride with that, man. But obviously he's a Hall of, future Hall of Famer. And uh, he's still, I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if he's still great because I've seen him beat a couple times this year. But notice I said a couple times. But that's what happens when you're great. You never get beat. So when you become a little less than great and you get beat every now and then, it stands out. No different than, I used to tell people, Dion used to never get beat at all. So then when he got beat like three times in the season, like, wow, what's up with that? You know, so it's the same thing with Zach. Yeah, and, and to me, like, these are the real pro bowlers. Like, they're not playing a game this year. They're doing, like, a flag football thing, and then they will have alternates for injuries and crap. But, like, I don't – this to me is it. You either made the Pro Bowl list that came out this week or you're not a Pro Bowler. That's just how I see it. True that. True that. And so the other Cowboys Pro Bowlers, Micah obviously is going to start. He's one of the starters in the Pro So is Zach Martin. Uh, Trayvon Diggs got voted to his second consecutive Pro Bowl. He is going to be a starter. Dude, he has had, you know, because he doesn't have the interception numbers, people don't realize. I mean, that dude, they don't throw at him. Like, like they are staying away from Trayvon Diggs more and more, it feels like, because he defends passes and they are afraid because he can make plays on the ball. He's not getting burned nearly as much because they don't throw at him nearly as much. No, nah, no. Nah, and, you know, what he did to Justin uh, Jefferson with Minnesota, that alone got him to yeah. the Pro Bowl. And then for the second consecutive year, C.D. Lamb is going to the Pro Bowl. And I thought this was fantastic because obviously not having Amari Cooper on the other side, he has evolved into a true number one wide receiver, tied his career high. He's got six receiving touchdowns, receptions, set a career high last week. He has 81 receptions on the year with three games left. And we'll see with three games left, you got to think he'll crack the 11.02 that he hit last year. But again, yeah. he I think he has shown that he is the dude that the Cowboys thought he could be. They just they now need a CD Lamb on the other side of him to what he was for Amari Cooper, I feel like. Uh they gave Michael Gallup sixty two million over five years. Hopefully when he comes uh-huh. back next year from that knee, yeah, he'll he'll be that guy. But the thing about CeeDee Lamb, man, and I've been on him all year about he's not a number one. Okay, he's moving closer to that, he's moving closer. 
he kind of looks like one now. And I say that because if you look at last week's game, bro, uh, there's a couple stretches. The last, you know, that 25-yard catch and run he had on the drive that, yeah. set, that gave them the touchdown, that gave them the lead, that was incredible. And then he had another series where they scored on it where he had like a 25-yard catch and an 18-yard catch back-to-back. Um, and what, it, what I'm saying is he's making plays at winning time. And that's, to me, what number one receivers do. And the, uh, the flaw in that interception to, to Noah Brown is that with the game on the line, you set it up to throw to Noah Brown and not to CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. I don't care if they double him or whatever. You, you like, okay, Kellen Moore, you get paid on this play right here to scheme him open and give him a chance to make the first down, not Noah Brown. So the other two Cowboys Pro Bowlers, and I thought this was really cool for both these guys, and one of them, Tony Pollard, in a contract year, his fourth year in the league, Tony Pollard was selected as one of the three running backs for the NFC to go to the Pro Bowl. And you look at this, and I don't know how many people realize this, you know, TP is 31 yards shy of a 1,000-yard rushing season. And when you throw in what he has done as a receiver, this is a dude that has almost 1,300 yards from scrimmage for 12 total touchdowns. It's obvious that teams are starting to realize what he can do and his explosion potential. But I thought that was really cool for Tony Pollard to get a Pro Bowl selection as, as, you know, not an alternate, not an injury replacement. He's one of the top three running backs in the NFC, according to his peers and, and some other things that weigh in on this. Dude, I mean, as Clarence Hill would say, look at the game. He, that, I don't even think it's a question. That guy's been terrific pretty much all year long. Uh, look at the long touchdowns. Look at the big plays. Look at the explosiveness. Um, there's nothing you could say about him other than, damn, he's good. And f- Oh, you can say this too, bro. Yes. Don't trip over his free agency. I don't think he's going anywhere. If they can't reach a deal, they'll put the franchise tag on him. I would I don't agree. Think he's going yeah, anywhere. I think at this so point. Don't, yeah. don't trip on that. Don't work yourself up over that. And the seventh Cowboy Pro Bowler this season, who will also technically be starting, he will be the returner for the Pro Bowl, Cavante Turpin. You talk about a dude. I mean, I saw this guy in Birmingham in the spring playing in the USFL. He ends up being the MVP of the USFL. And then later that year, he's a Pro Bowl returner for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that's incredible. Um, dude, it's uh, it's a great story. It is, and it started it started when he had that the punt and the kickoff in the same game against somebody. Maybe it was in the Rams preseason. Yeah, yeah, in the preseason, and you know he hasn't taken one to the house this year, but clearly he's been a difference maker. Teams aren't kicking to him, and on punts, I mean he's I mean he's been terrific. So no, nah, he's a threat whenever he touches it. He's had several uh, several big returns, and uh, I got nothing but love for him as a player. Yeah, I mean, I keep wondering, and, and this is like one of those games, could you just keep wondering, at some point, is he going to break one? Is he going to get one? Oh, I think so. You know, like I, when, when you need point, it most, you know? I was going to say, bro, at this point, he might as well wait till the playoffs to take it. <laughs> You're probably right. Just say, slow down. It's okay. And, uh, and I really see him taking a punt back because, I mean, he's been close two or three times to take a punt back. Yeah, he has been. I mean, he's been really, really close because he's got some moves on those punt returns. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who's, what, fourth in the NFL in, in punt return yardage, really tied for third in the NFL in punt return, like average per return. So, and he, it's, I thought that was cool. So those are the seven Cowboys Pro Bowlers. And, you know, again, they got rid of the game. They are not actually having a Pro Bowl game this year. They're doing a skills competition and then they're having a flag football game. And I just kept thinking, I was like, you know what's going to happen? Some dude's going to blow out his knee on one of those non-contact things in the flag football game, and this will be the last time they ever do it. Bro, I wouldn't even play in the flag football game. I wouldn't either. And, and like, I get <laughs> it. You want, you want, I guess, the trip or wherever it is, and it's probably fun the week, the dinners and all that type of thing. But, you know, they don't have an AP game. There's, there's no, oh, you, your first team all, all pro. They don't have an all pro game. There's no all pro whatever. And I'm just like, why do we have to have a pro bowl thing? Like, well, just name them. Here's your pro bowlers. And then out of those Pro Bowlers, the best of those best are usually where you get your All-Pros from. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that, bro. It's just a uh, – I think they're, they're trying to keep the tradition some alive some way, somehow. And this is just the way they're trying to do it. But I don't think it's going to last very long. So the other thing, and, and this is more of like just kind of taking a trip around the block because I was traveling. As, as Jacques and I record this on Thursday evening – 
I drove from Birmingham to uh, you know thirty ish miles north of Little Rock today, and and. I got to tell you, man, and, and I know everybody in Texas is experiencing this same thing when that Arctic blast came through and you are watching the temperature drop from whatever it was, like 45, and within an hour, it's down to 20. Yeah, I was in that today. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I got to tell you, man, being on the road because it snowed here. It didn't snow. I think they. I think maybe some places in DFW saw a little bit of like flurries. I mean, it snowed here. Like we're, we're driving down the interstate and when you hit that front, I, I've not, to my knowledge, I was born in a blizzard from what I understand, but I've never actually been in a blizzard. Right. Man, this felt like that must be what a blizzard is. Now, it wasn't a whiteout, but there were times like the visibility was real low because there was so much snow coming down and the wind was whipping it around like you could feel it. It was knocking your car around. I was like, man, this, there, there were multiple stretches of the interstate where people were going so slow because of the snow and the wind. Wow. I was like, dang, man, this is nuts. And then we finally get here and it's freezing cold, like the low here tonight. Because again, I mean, where we're at is is Little Rock is slightly north of Dallas and then we're north of Little Rock even then. So like the low here tonight is three. Oh my, that's chilly, bro. Yes, it is. And there is, and I I, I know I'm, I'm weird. I've never, I think I mentioned this the other day. I've never experienced anything other than minus eight as the lowest temperature ever. When we had the winter in, in DFW like a year ago, whenever that was, when everybody lost their power. Right. And then in the wind chill got down to minus eight. It is expected that early tomorrow morning, the wind chill here where I'm staying for the weekend for Christmas is going to be anywhere from minus 15 to minus 20. Oh my. And I'm going to go wow. out. I'm going to go out and experience it. Are you really? I will let you know. Do I do I have frostbite on my cheeks? Maybe next time you see me, like half my face is missing. <laughs> You're like, bro, what happened to you? And I'm like, Jack, what happened to me was I went outside and it ate me. Because <laughs> apparently I'll have to talk through one of those things now. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, that but, sounds- you know, I like, I like new experiences. And because a lot of people, oh, man, that's too cold. You know, I'm not getting out in that. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll go out at least for a couple of minutes. And like, how cold is it? What does it feel like? I want to experience this. Nah, bro, I can do without that. <laughs> I bet, I'm man. I'm just saying, that's just your boy. But yeah, I can do without that. Yeah, and again, you know, I was talking about this with the lady fiance the other day. I was like, you know, I, th- I think what it is is it's it's exciting for us when it snows. And I think that, like, this type of thing is cool because we're only dealing with it once. Like, it's not like your dad up in Buffalo or, like, how you grew up. Like, I... I would not want this every single day, even for a week, much less for like three or four months in a row. Right, right, right. But, but for, you know, for a day or two. Yeah, like for a couple of days, whatever, you know, cool. And then it'll, it'll warm back up. That can be kind of fun. Because I know like we're, we'll drive to Dallas on Christmas Day and I know it's going to be really cold there for a couple of days. And then hell, next Thursday in Dallas, the high is like almost 70. <laughs> I had to pack more for this trip than any trip I've ever taken in my entire life. Is that right? Yes. I, w- both of us, because we have to pack for, like, you know, big, heavy stuff for the next few days over Christmas weekend because it's going to be so cold. And then, obviously, we had to bring lighter stuff because we're going to be in Dallas towards the end of next week when it's going to be warm. That is crazy, bro. But I but I get it. But it's still crazy. Man. And part of it for me also is I I had to bring, and I've never had to do this when we've traveled, I had to bring a second like bag for clothing because I put all my workout stuff in a separate bag because I had to bring like extra long stuff for when I work out. Oh, geez. Now, I'm impressed by that. Yeah, because, you know, like like I, I tend to work out outside, especially here. Like I may try to see if I can get a gym to let me swing by like for a day. But generally right. speaking, a lot of what I do is outside, and I layer. I mean, to, to work out when it's cold, like at home in Birmingham in my garage, I, I wear multiple layers. Oh, jeez. You still work out at the crib even yeah. when it's cold? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I'm going to pass on that one, bro. No, I'll tell you, man, there's something to it. When it's freezing outside and, and like, there's snot glued to your face and you're running down the street or doing something, and a guy you see the guy in the car like look at you like, what the hell is that guy doing? And I'm like, hell yeah, exactly. man. Exactly. Like, what the hell is that guy That's doing? right. I'm insane. I don't know what it is. So other than that, again... Jacques and I are going to take a couple of days off. We will not have a podcast for you over the weekend. And and yeah, it's the Cowboys Eagles, but Sunday is Christmas and we're going to spend some time with our families and enjoy that a little bit. We'll reconvene. We will not have a podcast for you on Monday and we will not have a podcast for you on Wednesday. 
I know that for a fact. Now, maybe after the Titans game on Thursday night football, maybe we'll get together and we'll have one for Friday from a week from now. But uh, we're going to take a few days off. I hope that's cool with everybody. And I know it's a big deal with the Cowboys and everything going on right now. But with our travels and whatnot, it's important to enjoy some time with family. Yeah, and bro, I got to tell you, I'm exhausted. Oh, I bet you are, man. All the traveling you've been doing. I've been going from uh, Jackson to Dallas since August. And then, you know, a couple weeks ago, I went Jackson to Dallas to Jackson, home for a day to Atlanta for four days and then back. And I'm like, bro, man, I just need to chill for just a minute. And, uh, and regroup. Yeah, so chill for a few days. And, you know, we appreciate each and every one of you very much. I hope everybody has a wonderful Christmas and, and gets to spend some time with family. We couldn't do this without you guys. And we enjoy the interaction with all of you, even those of you that we disagree with from time to time. It's still, that's what makes this fun. And, and just being fans and keeping the conversation and keeping the show going. So we appreciate that, but we are going to take a couple of days for families. So you will not hear from us for a week and then we'll reconvene, but we still have our conversation with Clarence Hill Jr. to get to. But before we get to that, I do want to tell you about HFX foundation solutions guys. Again, our sponsors are what help continue this and and they get so many calls from y'all and, and so much great positive feedback. So keep it going. And I will tell you, HFX, they're family, they're local, they service all of Dallas-Fort Worth. If you see some of these things happening, cracks, sticking doors, if you notice sloped floors and things like that, I would just just give Aaron a call. And be like, hey, heard about you on the podcast. I, I don't know if I have a problem. And he'll probably chuckle and be like, cool. It's a free, no obligation inspection. We're going to come out and we'll just, we'll just give you, as Jacques likes to call, we'll give you a colonoscopy for your house and we'll see what we find. Actually, I call it colonoscopy for your crib. That's That's right, yes. The alliteration is what I really Colonoscopy for your crib makes way better sense. (laughs) But the bottom line is, uh, it's really all designed to just give you peace of mind. As Matt told you, uh, check it out. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, Just the time it takes to pick up the phone and make a call to Aaron and his team and say, hey, come give my my crib a look. Uh, But it's the peace of mind, man, because if they find nothing, they cost you nothing. That's fantastic. If they find something, I, I guarantee you, if they find it early, it'll cost you a hell of a lot less than it would if they find it late. Uh, but they're really good at what they do. Um, give them a call. Let them give you the peace of mind that everybody deserves when they got a crib because that's the biggest investment you'll ever make. It's easy. 817-770-0174 or online, hfxfoundation.com. And, of course, as always, Smokey John's Barbecue. I am stoked because... At some point next week, while I am in the downtown Dallas area, because they're located just there off of Mockingbird, I'm going to swing by Smokey John's, and I'm going to grab me the jam session bowl, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring a couple of people with me. Hell, maybe I'll eat one by myself. I don't know. Maybe I won't eat for like the day before, and I'll just jam session bowl myself. But Smokey John's Barbecue, and, and they're such great guys. Juan and Brent, and they're the brothers that own Smokey John's. And the jam session bowl, as Jacques can tell you, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It's an item they they designed it just for the podcast, just for us, and just for all of you guys that listen. You have to listen to the podcast to even know this is a thing that exists. Um, I think I think the thing about it is, number one, it's delicious. Number two, it can't be replicated. Number three, it's delicious. And number four, you know, it's delicious. Uh, <laughs> and the jam yeah. session bowl, it's it's either a mac and cheese base or a mashed potatoes base. I had them both. They're both sensational. Uh, your choice out of two out of five meats. Y'all know I usually rock with the brisket and the sausage. Sometimes I sub the sausage for the chicken. And then, man, they put all the stuff you find on a loaded baked potato. You know, stuff like bacon bits and sour cream and chives. Yeah. It's uh, butter. It's, it's sensational, man. They drizzle that sauce on the top, and then they send it to you. And, my God, it's heaven in your mouth. That sounds delicious. It, it, just go get it. it. It's Smokey John's Barbecue, guys. It's right there off of Mockingbird in between 35 and Love Field in Dallas. And if, if you can't get to Smokey John's, that's okay. You know, we actually got some stuff for Christmas presents this year because we've got some meat lovers in our family. And I tell you all the time, if you know somebody who likes to grill or if you yourself like to grill, do yourself a favor and order that Smokey John's rub or order the barbecue sauce. You can do it online at SmokeyJohns.com. Or if you live in Plano or Frisco, they have it at the H-E-B now. You can just go and get it off the shelf. Sensational. Sensational. It's fantastic. 
All right, well, with that said, let's move the conversation forward. It's always a pleasure to talk to this man. All right, it's time to check in with longtime Cowboys reporter with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Clarence Hill Jr. joining us here. And chill, this game was supposed to have a lot of accolades with it, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and it still does to some degree, but obviously Dallas losing to Jacksonville took some of the luster off. Then we find out Jalen Hurts will not be playing for Philadelphia. What do you make of this Cowboys team right now? What you saw coming off of, obviously, a disappointing loss in Jacksonville last weekend? You know, it's funny. Uh, I've never seen so much anger and frustration with a 10-14. and 10-4, and, <laughs> and people are mad and frustrated and angry and, and, and not hopeful with this crazy, you know, and, and you, know, you just look at the thing and the Cowboys have a chance theoretically to to become the first probably wild card team with with a with thirteen wins, maybe twelve wins. I mean who who's heard of that? You know, but there's so much frustration with this team and and I, I you know it, it 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 boggles my mind that everybody's so having a conniption about Dak Prescott. When Dak Prescott is playing some of the best football. I mean you know you can look at the numbers all you want to you watch the game. When they watch that game Sunday, uh, as well as the final interception, and, 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 and try to put that game on Dak Prescott when he has the offense, the highest scoring offense over the last eight weeks of the season, they converting third downs like nobody's business. Uh, it, it, it's mind boggling. My biggest concern, and, and we talked about earlier in the season, the reason we most people thought this was the year was not because of the offense, but because of the defense. This defense is supposed to be special, this defense was supposed to be different. Now they can't stop the run. They're not getting to the quarterback, and they got a toast at left corner that, that, that everybody's picking up a big play. That's the biggest concern about this team. It should be for me is this defense. Okay, so can they fix this shit? <laughs> fix this Especially shit. Especially that cornerback on the other side. Rich is gone. Rich is gone. Rich is not here. <laughs> you know, I forgot that. I'm sorry. Rich is not fixing nothing, and you were part of that. You know, all of that anyway. So. We're, we're, hey, man, I was just doing anymore. my job and telling people, hey. if you want me to judge you like an all-pro receiver, then two catches for six yards ain't going to get it done. That's just me. You know. But if you want me to judge you like just a guy, I can do that. You know, but uh, I'm just speaking of receivers, I just want to let y'all know, it was Clarence Hill first, who was the first person to tell you back in training camp, it was CD and the Maybe. I was the first one on record, sounded the alarm about these receivers. Sounded the alarm. Because I wasn't too far behind you. I'm just saying, but I was watching it, okay? I was sounding the alarm about what I wasn't seeing at training camp. Nobody making plays. Nobody doing this. You know, and now we're trying to move heaven and earth, trying to find receivers and make plays. Listen, I love Noah Brown's story. I love what he's done. Special teams guy. Made himself an NFL career where no one thought he would be one. And certainly been this long. But he should not be in a position to be your go-to guy on third down crunch time of a game. You know, Dak could not have handed the ball any better than him. But that's what you get. I mean, he caught a couple of touchdown passes, but can you rely on him when you need to? That's the question. That's the problem when you're relying on guys who are in positions they shouldn't be in. You ain't answered the question how they're going to fix this shit at left corner. <laughs> yeah, well, how do we do this? No. Man, if they knew, they would already fix it. Don't you think they wouldn't have kept Boss man fat on the team. I mean, they don't, they, they're, they're grasping the straws. You're going to see, they're probably going to try to boot most likely Deron Bland outside and, 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 and McKenzie Alexander in, in the slot. Deron Bland, a rookie, again, I like my rookies to come in and make plays. I like my rookies to come in and show stuff. Deron Bland has come in and made plays, got his hands on the ball, flashed since day one. Get out of Fresno State, go by the train. He has flashed, he's been a part of stuff. Been in the mix since day one. Bob Manfred didn't put his touch his hand on the ball since he's been here. Jerome Bland has flashed since day one. He got team leading four picks. He, the ball finds him. He's a ball guy, as they say. He just flashed. Kind of, you know, kind of like Donovan Wilson. The ball just finds him. The ball finds Donovan Wilson. The ball finds Jerome Bland. And he makes a play on the ball. You know, I, I like that. So they're most likely going to give him a shot to play outside corner. Because, uh, again, the other second-round pick, uh, the other pick from last year, Nation Wright is not doing, you know, has, hasn't shown anything that he can handle the job, and they, they, they have shown no confidence in him. Um, 
you know, obviously you're going to get T.Y. Hilton out of receiver. Uh, this week, you're going to see more of him. James Washington experiment is done. Um, the good news is offensive line, they're going to try to develop some chemistry, some continuity, finally maybe having Tyron Smith go to full way so they can have at least a five-man offense. They're going to quit, get all the rotations to try to get try to develop some chemistry with those five guys up front, develop some things uh, before the playoffs. And they want to get those guys having three good, strong games together before the playoffs. Uh, but as far as, you know, stopping the run, I mean, I think they're missing Leighton Vander. They got to find a way to stop the run. They got to find a way to, to get back to getting to the quarterback. I mean, and, and I, I think taking, playing a lot of defensive end is taking a toll on Micah Parsons. Not, you know, we old school football guys. And when my boys back in the, in the 90s and 2000s told me defensive end, defensive line, that's war daddy stuff, okay? That, you know, you get chipped and blocked. It's like you're in car wreck every play. It ain't like when you're in linebacker when you're pretty good to run free because the defensive line taking up blockers you get to run to the ball and you get the bits, you know, and all other stuff. That that that, that defensive line position, that, that that's war daddy stuff. That's car wreck every play. You're getting chipped and everything else. And it's taking a toll on Michael Parsons for sure. He hadn't, had, he hadn't done this since high school. And doing it on the NFL level is a whole other ball game. They got to better stop the run. You know, that's something they're going to have to prove every week in and week out. But but when you get lead, I just don't argue this defense. If it's a special defense, and then I was talking to Calvin Walker the other day, and I said, you know, I don't – and this is my only problem with the defense. And, you know, they've been great at, at uh, rushing the passer all season. But name me a dominant defense that doesn't have a dominant defensive line, that doesn't have dominant players in the middle of that defense. Yeah, that's so a good point. Saying, you think Quentin Bohannon is not dominant? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just asking. Listen, listen when uh, Johnson Hankins comes midseason after not playing with Oakland and becomes your best interior lineman, yeah, you point. have problems. And now you're hollering about you miss Johnson Hankins, who wasn't even on your roster to start training camp, wasn't even your roster midway through the season, and you're crying about losing a starter in Johnson Hankins. You have problems. Yeah. Seriously, look at the great defenses. When have they not had greatness in the middle? Dominant players in the middle. You know, horses in the middle. They need a horse in the middle of that defense to be truly be special. They got good guys, and we like a Diggy Zoo, and we, you know, we like Gallimore, and they're good players, but you need a horse in the middle. Look at that, 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 that defense line of, of, in San Francisco. Dan, you can, you can make the case look at the defensive line in Philadelphia. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Cox, you know, Davis, mm-hmm. you know, Sue, you know, to go with the guys that go on the edge. Yeah, it, it, it works well. So when when you look at this defense this week, it, I mean, Leighton didn't practice all week. I'm assuming that he's out. Diggs just has an illness, but is he going to be good to go on Saturday or is there some concern? I mean, is there is there I something mean, with that? The first, I mean, he has the illness the same illness everybody else has had, I, I'm assuming, because they're not telling us what it is. And I don't know if it's COVID or the flu. You know, we don't talk about COVID anymore. Yeah. It's don't ask, don't tell. You know, it could be COVID, it could have <laughs> flu, but we don't, we don't have the same attitudes. But, you know, based on history, I mean, he's out today, maybe out tomorrow. He, you know, probably could play on Sunday. I mean, at what level or whatever else, but there's no way in hell after what we're seeing the mess of left cornerback without Anthony Brown, that they're taking the field Sunday without Trayvon did. <laughs> I like that. No way in hell. So what are they going to do with the get, other cornerback spot, man? They, they, huh? Since you continue to avoid the question, what are they going to do with the other cornerback spot? I mean, you going out there? You got any plays in I, you? Listen, I got, you know, let me see my back pedal. Oh, I just pulled the hamstring. Hey, um, <laughs> you know, most likely it's going to be Deron Bland. Again, I, I talked about Deron Bland, you know, being a guy who's showing up as a rookie in the class. Most likely he's going to play outside and they're going to try to go with McKenzie Alexander to fly. You know, it's going to be a number of rotations, but most likely that's going to be what it's going to look like. Hey, I'm sorry. I just saw something on Twitter. Uh, and now, Clarence is probably aware of this, but you never know. Uh, Sam Williams taken to the hospital after his car was hit in a car accident today? Um, I did not know. I've been home. We, we left early. Did that just happen? Yeah, within the last yeah. hour, yeah. Yeah, I've been sitting here with my dad, you know, trying to get – I mean, it's always something with the Cowboys, again. I mean, it's just, a uh, black Infinity was heading northbound on Preston Road and hit Williams Corvette, which was headed southbound. Both drivers okay. were taken to the hospital with minor injuries, mainly as a precaution. Okay, okay that's okay. good. Okay, uh, minor and good. 
So, you know, that Dex on Cat Corvette thing is scary. Yeah, as a guy with a sports car who's had one for years, uh, yeah, I've tried to avoid that like crazy because, one, they're just small. Too small. I mean, it, it, I mean, and that's just it. I mean, you just don't, you don't need this type of stuff popping up, and, and hopefully he's okay. And, and, again, but you know, here's a guy that you're counting on to play, and I don't know if he's going to play this week, but the best news is that, you know, it, it's, it's a minor accident, and he has, has no injury for the long haul for his life and for everything else. Well, the flip side of this, you talk you talk about the receivers and Noah Brown and all this. Ty Hilton coming in. What, what's the expectation for him this weekend? You make a play. You make a play. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know they're counting on a thirty-three-year-old guy to, to, to take the top off the defense, but they have they don't really have that vertical threat in the passing game. You know, and they, they need somebody that, that, that can. And he says he can still run. He said they play above the run. I'm gonna run by him. I, you know, they call him Ghost for a reason. You know, and he, he's gonna, you know, he's that type of guy, that type of player. So we'll see. But that's that's the, that's the plan. So you know, if James Washington will not play. Is it's going to be uh, T.Y. Hills and James Washington going to sit? You know, and again, no shock. You know, he's done nothing since. Uh, he okay, showed up. I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, James Washington going to sit. It's going to be T.Y. Hilton, and we're going to see what he's going to give to the pass again. But you need more out of Michael Gallup. I mean, again, I, we've talked about this before. You, the moves that receiver is a tacit admission. They made a mistake with Amari Cooper. They let their money get mad. Jerry was told me a long time ago, never let your money get mad. They let their money get mad. Yep. Well, I was going to say, that, at least to Michael Gallup, uh, what's your impression of him this season? And, uh, you know, can he – he's coming off that, that ACL, but can he be a difference maker? Because he hadn't really been one thus far. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he could be a difference maker. I mean, he, he's still struggling to come back from ACL. You know, we talked about McCarthy today, and they, they ran him on too many goal routes. I mean, he's a big guy. I think mean, he should have been involved in more flat inside routes. I mean, if somebody's going to make a consistent catch, I can got have a chance to do that with his size. And they didn't really give a chance to do that against uh, Jacksonville last week. So they had to find a way to get involved and, and, and do some more things with him. But, again, he's a guy, you look at, you know, all these – PFF and all these other analytical people, the only player that gets separation outside is uh, CD Lab. Nobody else gets separation. So everything's going to be a contested ball. That's a big issue. That's a big issue for the Cowboys is that the receivers aren't getting any separation. You know, and Michael Gallup really never got that, but he was a guy who made contested catches and, and could, could just go over the top and catch the ball on top of somebody's head. So the Eagles and the Cowboys, who you got? This is so tough to pick. I mean, the Cowboys have to win. And, and they, you know, they're at home. Dak has had some success against the Eagles. Uh, I just think that, this, that, that the Cowboys will pull this out. And, and the shame of it is, the shame of it is that you didn't get that game against Jacksonville. Because if you get that game against Jacksonville, uh, you pull this out. You know, there's a chance you're playing for the NFC title as well as the uh, home field advantage uh, in the NFC uh, throughout the playoffs. I was gonna say, Doug. What's uh, you know, the one thing we ain't touched on yet is what's up with your quarterback? I know, I know you're defending him, but at some point, uh, I mean, he is the last one with the ball in his hands when these okay, interceptions first, happen. First of all, first, first of all, I, I'm not talking about Noah Brown in general, but the third quarter one was egregious, and that helped turn the tide. You been talking to Calvin? Or you talking to me? I mean, you know, you I'm defending him. I mean, what did I defend him? What did you heard me defending? You been seeing me you on the said he played. You said he played great against me. Jacksonville and, and couldn't handle the ball. You've been on me. <laughs> I'm just telling you, his third quarter pick was egregious, and that particular, that was a big that, part I, I, of I the run it. that helped Jacksonville was, get back in it. It was, and egregious. I like the quarterback. Okay, it was egregious. But show me a quarterback that plays perfect football. I mean, well, I, I think I, I like my quarter. I think, huh? I'm not Don't saying he perfect. I'm just saying he been the 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 picks have come at bad times the, and for whatever the reason. The picks have come at various times, and you know I don't know if you look at this. This you know, oh, thing yeah, I got that. I don't know if you look at PFF, but only six, you know, six of them were, were not considered turnover worthy plays. They were plays that should not have been picked, whether it's receiver okay. or whatever else. Now we're I mean, going to talk about the picks. ones where the where the linebackers drop it right in his hands, like fifty two did on his at, own at, drop. At, I mean, at, it happened both ways. Day, at the end, at the end of the day, no one cares. You know, you got to stop turning the ball over. But if you watch the game, that first guy played well enough to win that game. And and the thing I like about my quarterback, even go back to Green Bay, you know, and I, I think that most people should like this about your quarterback, even like you going back to last week, he had the turnover in the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, in crunch time, he drove your team down the field and gave you the lead. He he broke out of a sack 
and, and threw a touchdown pass on a scramble play. That shows you the, the competitor he is. You know, you should like that part of what you, you get from your quarterback. Because it, 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 this is not, you know, Madden. Everything's going to be perfect. You, you, you know, you got to make <laughs> things happen. Okay, and again, you got to play with, as I said before, with, with some of the worst receivers in, on the field every week and week in and week out. But you should like the fact that your quarterback led you down the field. You should like the fact that in overtime your quarterback was leading you down the field for a game-winning field goal. You're at the 47-yard line. You catch the ball. You're over the 50. You're only 10, 15 yards away from a field goal range. But Noah Brown dropped the ball. Yes, the quarterback, somehow, some way, the ball got to stop going to the other team. But if you just watch the game and watch the decisions he's made, he's playing winning football. He's playing winning football. This offense is, has scored more points to cover more third downs than any team in the NFL since he showed up. That's winning football. Again, I go back to what we talked about earlier. You know, the, the thing that we people were excited about this football team was that this defense was supposed to be special. When, when, when your quarterback gives you a double-digit lead in Minnesota, Green Bay, after he threw two picks in the second quarter, but we forget the fact that he led you on three straight touchdown drives. After those two picks, showing you his competitive, showing you don't how you don't get down on himself, he brings you back and leads you on three straight touchdown pack drives, gives you a double digit lead in the fourth quarter, your defense gives it up. For the first time in Cowboys history, that you you blew that type of lead in the fourth quarter. Again, this game here, after the interceptions, what do you do? Do you get down on yourself? You say, oh, woe is me. I got too many picks. No, you lead your team down the field and put them in the lead. Again, your defense gives it up. It's, 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 you know, when we talk about complimentary football, it is complimentary football. You're off your, you just scored 34 points, scored 30 something. Those are enough points to win the game. What's about this team, if they're going to be special, this defense has to step up and be the defense we thought it was going to be. We can have a conniption about the quarterback. See, we can look at the numbers, looking beyond the numbers. You talk to anybody on the Cowboys, you talk to McCoach, everybody, they're not worried about the quarterback. You talk to Tony, you know, like Tony Jungie went out to your boy, um, Shady, the other day. You, the, the quarterback played winning football on Sunday. Yes, he had the horrible pick on, in, in uh, a horrible decision in the, on that interception in the, third, in, in the third quarter. But every other part of the game, he played winning football. So let's have a conniption over the numbers. I'm going to have a conniption over the damn numbers then. Then be about the numbers and know the game. Don't be about the numbers. We, you know, know the game. It's not just about the numbers. There's the game within the game. The quarterback has the history of not turning the ball over. That's not in his DNA. Hey, Matt, did he just tell me to know the game? Motherfucker, I invented the game. <laughs> okay, whatever I'm just saying. Don't, don't do this. Then you know it's beyond I mean, the you were still smelling like Similac when I started covering the Cowboys. <laughs> No, no, no. It was, it, it, listen, it's deeper than numbers. <laughs> On the real, I told Matt this. I compared this little stretch, stretch that Dak is going through to that stretch two years ago where Zeke fumbled five times in 79 touches, and it was uncharacteristic yeah. of his play, and he's fumbled like twice in 638 touches since then. To me, this is just kind of a weird kind of unexplainable stretch where he's throwing more picks than he ever has because he's never been a guy who turned the ball over. Right, I mean, and, and that's what, but again, at the end of the day, we understand that no one cares. The ball's in the quarterback's hand. You let, you know, you, you know, it, it, that's what it looks like, and that's what it is, and you got to wear it. But if you, if you want to understand the game within the game, you know, it's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. All right, Joe, we'll, well let you we get back. Hold on, hold on. No, okay, let okay. Me, you know, this is Clarence E. Hill Jr., man. I know, he's hanging out with his dad. You know, I didn't I didn't want to hey, take man, too much time. Trust me, I just talked to him. He can take a break. <laughs> he can take the whole ride if we let him. Now, we got two things we got to touch on before we let him go. Number one, uh, Arch Manning finally shows up. Who's going to be the starting quarterback in the fall? If all things, or if, if it's how they should be, it, it, it should be the kid from South Lake. Okay. should be the starter. That's what Arch did not show up and come to Texas to have the pressure of, of starting as a two freshman. He wanted to, you know, learn, be developed. He came to start to be developed. He wants to be, you know, if you, outside of the kid in Clemson, how many quarterbacks showed up as two freshmen? Two freshmen and became great. I mean, you go not look at this, you know. I'm just saying they all were registered. All the Alabama quarterbacks were registered. They didn't show up as two freshmen. Your boy in, in, in uh, Ohio State, they were registered. They didn't show and start playing as two freshmen. Joe Burrow did not start playing 
as true freshmen. You that's not ideally the road you want to go down. And, right, and certainly right. the kid in USC is doing that. But you know he's more of a run. He's more athletic guy. But a guy that's just a thrower, you, you, you know, that's not what you want. All right. And then uh, question number two from Jacques Taylor here at uh, the Jam Session Podcast. Uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, Southern Sector takeover at the uh, Texas State High School Football Championships with Southfield, uh, South DeSoto, and where my son played, and uh, Duncanville all win the state championships? I mean, that, that was one of the greatest moments, greatest achievements for the Southern Sector and the city of Dallas as a whole in, in, in high school football history. And, you know, and, and for what, what Stock has done at a DISD school, and I, you, know, I, you know, I look at DeSoto and Duncanville and certainly in the Southern Sector, but they're still suburban schools, uh, which still have better advantages than inner city schools, DISD schools. And if, we are, if, you, if you've ever been over there, you'll understand the difference between the campuses and and. and and the funding and everything else in DSD and then some of the suburban schools. What they've done to win back-to-back state championships uh, at South Oak Cliff is one of the greatest achievements I've seen. And I've covered, I, I've, I've been a staunch high school football watcher all my life. I've covered high school sports. It's still a passion of mine. I follow it religiously, even all these years. been on the Cowboys. You know, it, it's just, it was something to see. And for those three schools to do it uh, with black coaches, probably less than 15 miles apart from each other, that that, that, that means so much for Southern Dallas. And, and that shows a lot because there's still some stereotypes about black coaches and whether they can win, especially, you know, with samples and all the wins. They never could get over the top and kept losing to the guy in Houston. And it's just a cherry on top of what has already been a legendary career. Okay, now we can let him go, Matt. All right, so there it is. All right, Joe. <laughs> hey, man, have a hey, Merry Christmas. Don't forget Alito because Dallas-Fort Worth swept all four titles in the highest two classifications. So I always talk trash to our boy in Houston, Jerome Solomon, that Dallas-Fort Worth owns high school sports. They do it during basketball season, do it during football season. I'm all about the DFW. All righty. There he is, Clarence Hill Jr. Merry Christmas, man. Have a good holiday, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. There he goes. Longtime Cowboys beat writer, but I guess uh, not quite as long as not I quite as long as you. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. Good stuff from Chill as always. And by the way, I just saw this update, and, and I guess everybody would know this by the time that you hear the podcast. But Sam Williams is fine. Cowboys are aware of the accident. He's fine, and they'll determine his status based on the walkthrough that they'll have on Friday. When many of you will be listening to this, or whenever you listen to it. Maybe by then you'll be like, Sam Williams, he, he played the other day. What are you talking about? But <laughs> there you have it. So that'll wrap it up for us. Everybody have a wonderful Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great time. And again, keep in mind, as we mentioned earlier, we will not have a podcast for you immediately after the Eagles game. We're going to take a few days off next week so that we can rest and, and enjoy our families and some of our holiday time. And we will talk to you guys again very soon. Coming up on Jam Session. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.